Oh, that's the noise that Vince McMahon made when he planted a seed in his wife, Linda. Oh, yeah. Oh, you deserved that. Ooh, I'm going to grow my own food now. <laughs> nah. <laughs> that's what he said. Do you think that... So, ladies and gentlemen, I am Dylan God and... I am John Hastings. Dylan is the Linda McMahon. I am the Vince McMahon of this podcast. I am the Shane McMahon. You're the Linda. There's no Vince. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we had more listeners, there'd be a Vince, baby. I'm fine being... Just Shane and Linda doing a podcast. I'm fine being the Linda. And that Linda has this interesting thing where everyone's like, she's so lovely. And it's like, she stayed married to Vince McMahon for over 50 years. She's a type of crazy you can't even see. Like... She's just like he's like literally just like just walking over to a journalist and knocking his phone into a toilet and she's just going good that was very nice Vincent thank you. Yeah, do you think Linda McMahon is she Catholic or something? Like she's super Catholic? They're just from the south. Like this is the thing no one talks about. It's like until the 80s it was it was crazy to get divorced. And they're also really? they're also rich. I thought people. the '70s made it like fine. No, the but it's like the '70s like made it look fine in the way that like the '70s is like porn was real cool, and it's like for an, like the people that wrote it down. But for most society, in the same way that like in the '60s, they're like hippies were everywhere, and it was like no, there were some young people doing it, but the rest of us had jobs. You fucks. <laughs> yeah. Hippies with no fucking jobs. Fuck you, hippies. Like, we grew up in the 90s, and some people be like, oh, did you go to a lot of raves? And it was like, no, we weren't fucking losers. Yeah, that's true, though, yeah. They always, like, just represent whatever the um, newest thing is, is being, like, oh, crazy and all over the place. Like, no, man, mostly 75% of people, ma minimum, are not doing that thing. It's like wrestling right now will be remembered for um, uh, Jim Cornette, Going from saying being a homophobe to now they're just like, he booked New Jack in this angle. He's the most racist man ever. As if it's like, oh, the guy from Kentucky who doesn't like New York is a bit racist. No one is surprised, internet. No one is surprised. It's also 1992 where it's like, what the fuck are you? I don't know. Like, I, oh, he by just... the way, Dylan is saying, what the fuck are you? And he's pretending that he's looking at a black guy. Just so that under- yeah, 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 I know. I have a picture of New Jack right now. Yeah, yeah. Out. I don't know if you guys have ever been inside Dylan's house. I assume some of you have broken in. But, um, yeah, there is a lot of photographs of Shaq and New Jack. And one mural is them just kissing. Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> oh, they're two different shades. That's what Dylan says. Yeah. <laughs> Stephanie and McMahon did a lot of kissing, and John, I want to ask you something uh, that I've always wondered, and we're going to settle it live, on not live at all, weeks ahead of time on the air. <laughs> we're going uh, to solve this in the past, man! In the past, by the time you're listening to this, me, I, I could have lost 50 pounds. I mean, it'd be a it'd be work, but I could do it if I, like, yeah. just, after this podcast was, like, no carbs, and I, I run everywhere now i don't i no longer take wheels places <laughs> i jog yeah 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 dylan if you're listening to this right now dylan is is crazy thin and he's like he told us it was from exercise but it's also he has a crazy math problem oh yeah i've sacrificed skin and uh and teeth for sweet sweet abs so here's my question to you john I listened to, I never really listened to a full Howard Stern interview, and I listened to the Howard Stern interview with Stephanie McMahon. Now, some of this will step on the our third episode of our Stephanie McMahon 
five-part series, two less than Billy Gunn, because let's, gr- let's get real about shit. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, welcome to the Summer of Sagas. We are... Uh, we're taking it down. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, the two most unsung parts of the Attitude Era. Uh, one William Shotgun and one Stephanie Atherton Gott McMahon. It's weird that Dylan's last name is also Stephanie McMahon's middle name. I, I had no idea until I did the research. <laughs> so, Howard Stern did nothing but just ask her how big her tits were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... One of the in, one of the callers calls in is like I want to see your tits and he gets cut off and then he calls back and Howard puts him through and he's like well can we see your tits Howard Stern until two thousand and I'm gonna until he went on satellite radio literally this was like he was like uh, okay uh, <laughs> all right uh, we got uh, we have the idea of feminism here idea of feminism do you want to ride the Sibian. Um, yeah, I don't really think that... All right. Uh, uh, good. That's fine. And she leaves. Um, yeah. All right. Now we've uh, we got Andy Dick here, and he's going to answer, answer some questions. And if he does, gets them wrong, uh, uh, we're going to cover his baby in poo. Uh, yeah. All right. Robin, what do you think? Oh, Howard. 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 Okay, Rob. Very good. Yes, very good. Oh, Stephanie McMahon's here. Stephanie, she's just turned 18. You know what that means? We're going to smell her toilet seat. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them, he, he just reads out shit being like, show, tell Stephanie to show her fucking feet. And he's like, eh, maybe we will get her to yeah. show her feet. Also, best thing about that interview, Dave Chappelle's just there silently. That, that, this is, that, Insane. That is actually the be- I, that's the part of Howard Stern I loved the most, which was Jackie Martling, his writer, had left. And so he had literally the best comedians in the world just sat in, um, um, just like contributing. So it's like Dave Chappelle, Doug Stanhope, Adam Carolla before he was alt right, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, Artie Lang, Norm McDonald. So like so many fucking things happened. A bunch there were a bunch of fist fights because it's comedians getting drunk and then going and being on this radio show. Um, Adam Carolla claimed that you should use the DC snipers away for kids to clean up their room, which is one of the funniest clips I've ever heard in my entire life. Where he's like, why does the serial killer <laughs> yeah. have to be that thing? You can get kids to clean your room. <laughs> it's so fucked up. It's very good. But I agree with what you're saying, which is Howard Stern, if it was just a, like a woman he didn't know how to talk to, it would just be like, all right, uh, all right. Uh, so it's definitely, uh, which nipple is beefier? Because I feel like you got pepperoni nips. I want to see him. That's... That's legitimately not an exaggeration. Most of it is just him being like, have you ever done anal? Yeah. And then him calling China a man. Oh, and by the way, China, one of the saddest things you could ever watch is the China breakdown interview on Howard Stern, where she claims she's with her brother and makes out with who she claims is her brother. And then she sings a song while this money runny makeup comes down her face. It's very weird. And Howard's like, yeah, I want to see yeah, you. Do you yeah. have a fucking oh, cock down there? Uh, oh, you wanna, he's just unmoved by <laughs> I think it's time for you to uh, take out your nipples, and uh, and uh, I have a small penis. Oh, Howard, Howard, small penis, Howard. <laughs> I I can't believe it. I don't, I don't know, man. I can't believe that shit was uh, popular, but I guess that just men just a creep asking people about their pussies is fine. Again, you know, prebangbros.com. We we had to get our jollies out somehow, and for some reason we would just do it listening to the radio on the way to our office jobs, listening to a a lanky New Yorker. Okay, so you have a labia majora and a labia minora because you're a Jewish princess. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, good shit. 
Also, nothing ages worse than radio. Like, e- listen, even listen to the most nor like listen to the show as it happens on the CBC from five years ago, and you're like, this is fucking awful. I mean, what's as it happens? It's a very, it's like the most famous uh, news show on the CBC on CBC Radio. It's a very niche Canadian reference. Well, not niche enough, buddy. I don't listen to fucking news. I listen to fucking people ask Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> If she wants bigger tits, I, no. I feel like it would have been better if you just said, "I just listen to people fuck," and you just have audio recordings. Of I porn. listen to people fuck. I do listen to audio porn. Yeah. That's podcast. That's what I call podcast. Yeah. So when you go, when you go to like you're, dri- when you're driving to, oh, I meant to, t- I meant to tell, I need to tell some of this, which is last night for the first time in my apartment building, I just heard people fucking uh, across the nice. cor- courtyard. Here was the noise though that was very vexing. Ha ha ha. <laughs> only noises when he nuts guy uh i think it was a girl but she cool. nutted either very quick or someone else did and she got disappointed that's very funny i want to believe it's the second yeah, one. yes so do i oh what a shame so a quick summation of stephanie McMahon's childhood she was in private school she left private school i'm assuming because everyone in private school was like oh there's the there's the girl that profiteered off a carny game and then she was friends with Andre the Giant because Andre the Giant was like, don't you see, Stephanie? Her childhood gets so fucking weird so fast. Because everything you hear about Andre the Giant, oh, yeah. it's like, oh, you know, he was a nice, cool, maniac, drunk asshole who tortured people. And then Vince went, ha ha, Stephanie, go play around that man who smells like a dumpster. Ha ha ha, good. <laughs> He was probably the safest thing because Hulk Hogan, he, no. uh, Hogan would eighties Ho- Hogan would be safer than Andre. Hogan. No, she's a white person. She, a, she won't face his racist wrath. Eighties Hogan is just like I found a way to inject cocaine and steroids, dude. <laughs> yeah, but again, it's the WWF locker room in the eighties. No one's a, like. She could go near Freddie Blassie, who's sharpening his teeth, and just like, I ever tell you about the time I gave a man a heart attack? Oh, when you were wrestling on television <laughs> in Japan? No. Two weeks ago when I injected someone near my house with an air bubble in his foot. Can't trace that. Or could she hang out with fabulous Moolah, who's just like, oh, Moolah, where'd you get all that money? Oh, the lady wrestlers? I make them fuck people, so I have more money, sweetheart. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm off to put this money in a bag because it's mine. <laughs> Here's the thing, darling. You're a threat to me. So if you leave, if Vince leaves me alone with you, I'll suffocate nah. you. Here's the thing with me, darling. Uh, uh, I will just put a little bit of fiberglass in your bed. Not so much to hurt you, but just enough to <laughs> annoy you. That way you'll be sleep deprived. So if we ever get into a fight, I'll be able to defeat you no problem. Mm-hmm. Always know your enemy. <laughs> So she starts, uh, Stephanie does, working with WWE at 12. She starts as a receptionist. Of course Vince McMahon is like, not not like a fun job, like, oh, file these things. No, answer the phones for my billion-dollar company, 12-year-old. And if you get it wrong, no dinner. I do believe that Stephanie, because Stephanie basically hits puberty. Not st- hits puberty, I should say. Oh, of but course, like, Dylan, she's 12 and 13. Of course, Dylan. Of course. Why am I surprised? So Stephanie hits the possible age you could start working just as the WWF 
is glowing global. Oh, is it glowing global? It's growing global, you fucking idiot. Glowing. It's 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 glo- it's the glow up. And uh it's glowing, you fucking idiot. So it would make sense that Vince would still have that like territory thing where it's like the kids are going to work here because I need to keep all the money in the family A and B I don't have to pay these people. Yeah, it's also it's also a very good strategy because of the way um those type of corporate structures especially before it is a IPO or even after is if the family is involved you can keep the money uh, much closer to you, and you can also give them stock, which you can't necessarily, as I understand it, but I may be completely wrong on this, can't give stock to other people. So it's it's a huge strategy to keep your family within the business. It also means that there can be an ancestral, like, sort of, like, dropping down of titles uh, to various members of the family, which is what happens to Stephanie McMahon. So she is also modeling in the WWF catalog. There's a variety of photos of her and Shane both wearing uh, various WWF merchandise. Um, also, this is the uh, time in her life where she may have engaged in a sexual relationship with the macho man Randy Savage. We've talked about this before. They did not have no, sex. No, I know. But the fact that people think they did is good for us. <laughs> oh, fuck off. Here's the thing with wrestling. It's the weirdest thing that... It is because people are like, maybe they'll talk about how the macho man fucked that lady girl. Here's the thing. There's no if way. someone's going to have sex with a young woman, it's going to be Jerry Lawler. He was in that company. They didn't have sex. I guarantee he thought about it. Like I guarantee, There's no I guarantee way there was, if Jerry- there was a week where Jerry Lawler's bags moved closer and closer to whatever washroom Stephanie was using at the arena. And then one day, <laughs> Jerry's bags were suddenly moved back to the locker room in a very stern... I'm picturing a Ray trailer or a Mark Calloway just looked at him and he understood that it was not on. Yeah. 1993, Jerry Lawler comes in. Stephanie graduates in 1994. I would say that Jerry Lawler spread the rumor that Macho Man had sex with her because he was jealous that she rebuffed his advances. Yeah. Oh, that's very. That's a great point. Yeah. He just because and that would trace back to the territory war of Memphis, and that of course he would throw Macho Man Randy Savage under the bus because he's like. Ah, this is for starting a mud show in the 70s with your father. You fuck. That's an outlaw show. Plus, I hear that they have sex with women, and I will need to take a bath after saying this. Over 20. Yeah. Oh, that's very funny. Yeah, Jerry Lawler's great revenge to the Macho Man Randy Savage for starting a competing territory is spreading a rumor he slept with a 17-year-old, which in Memphis he believes is too old. Yeah, exactly. She might as well have a pension. Yeah, you're going to catch Alzheimer's with your penis. <laughs> so after ni- after graduating uh, Boston University in 1998, she starts working with the WWF full time and she's assisting her mom and then she's transitioned to the sales office and this is when she first appeared on TV. So she graduates from university. Let's just back up here for a second. So she graduates from university in 1994. Yeah. No, in uh, high school, 94. High school, 94. And then she graduates university, 98. Yeah. Yes. Because Vince misses something very big in 1990. There was a thing that Vince McMahon, like a bunch of WWF superstars missed because they were at Stephanie McMahon's graduation. 
That's all right. And also, apparently, the negotiations for Hulk Hogan to come back and leave WCW coincided with her high school graduation, which is always just like, Jesus fucking Christ, Vince. Just focus on one thing, not be like, ah, Stephanie's graduated from college and Terry might be coming home. So when she first debuted on television, I will say this. Very different than very different than Shane's debut. Really shows which kid is preferred, by the way. Well, that's why I think really colors Stephanie's entire involvement with the WWE, WWF, is that Shane came out as the firstborn, and clearly Vince wanted to, in the very old school way, hand over the company to his son, and Stephanie always wanted to be Vince's favorite and wanted to be respected as a business a business person blah 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 basically stephanie wants stephanie got vince's drive and shane got let's hang out times you know what i mean well, no but here's the interesting thing is that stephanie is clearly now the you know the heir apparent along with her husband this is jumping ahead yeah but how they debut is a very interesting it's the smartest they've both been used is their debut and they should have been used in these capacities and never seen or heard from again because it is the, 100%. the best they've ever been used. Is Shane coming out, reinstating Vince or uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin in that black suit, um, and then talking about how his dad was a piece of shit? That was fucking Because cr- it was also like, wait, Vince McMahon is the owner of the company, and he has kids? Like, it's fucking crazy. And then the introduction of Stephanie as Undertaker wants to fuck her, which is very ironic, because it's like, clearly that was pitched by Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler was like, ha-ha! Let's uh she's old now, so we could kill her on a cross. Alright, good. <laughs> Get Percy to do it. Percy Pringle, my old friend, and he'll steal her bra and I'll wear it. <laughs> as soon as they lose their virginity, you gotta kill yeah. them. That's what re- keeps the demons in the in the earth. Woo-hoo. When a man graduates from college, he's a true adult. When a woman does, she's dead to me. Ha-ha! <laughs> I don't like adults. I like kids. That's why my house is all Coca-Cola memorabilia. Ho-ho-ho-ho-ho. Luring them in. Luring them in. I'm Jerry, the king of the pedophiles. Um... He's a truly horrible man, and I can't wait until his heart explodes and he dies. See you in hell, Jerry, you old creepy fuck. Did you know this? Did you know that Stephanie McMahon was into... He's a professional athlete and still eats Twinkies? Yes. What keeps him fit is running from the law. (laughs) So... Stephanie is introduced as... And once again, if you're younger than us listening to this... Watch out for Jerry Lawler. Watch out for him. Watch out for him. Watch out for Jerry Lawler, A. And B, Stephanie McMahon was very, very different. She, They tried to do this big story arc where she becomes evil, but she wasn't good enough at acting. The only thing she was good at with acting was basically go be young on TV. And she was good at being young. She she completely looked different to the leather women that were uh, accompanying her on television. The... Everyone had fake boo-boo-boos, and Stephanie McMahon was the only one who really... Like, in a way, Vince McMahon poisoned his daughter by putting her on TV, because that's that's why she looks the way she... I mean, not that she looks bad, but, like, 
just the all the body augmentation and all that shit is completely as a result of her being on TV at 23 and putting herself up against like Sable and Tristratus. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's also like because apparently also it's one of those things where this sounds really crazy, but the problem with also Stephanie is Stephanie, a face for television and a face in real life. Everyone who's ever met or seen her in real life is like, she is fucking striking and gorgeous and in the room, but she ha- she doesn't have strong cheekbones. So on television, that makes your face look flat because there's nothing for the camera to actually pick up and look at and contour. So someone like Sable or someone like Tori Wilson will look really weird in real life. Stacey Keebler as well. They'll look bizarre. It's why like a lot of celebrities have giant heads and little bodies. It's because that looks really good on camera. And Stephanie didn't look that good on camera, so she's done a lot of surgery, so she looks good on camera. I want to take you back, though. The first angle she's put in is not for her to become an evil bitch. The first angle that she's put in is Undertaker's going to hunt you down. Undertaker's going to find you. Oh no, that's what I mean. I'm 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 saying that they tried to do a slow progression of her basically because she became a heel because she starts out as this super innocent person, everything starts fucking happening to her and basically Vince inadvertently turns her into Vince too. Oh, I see what you're saying. And they do that over the course of a year. Absolutely. And they this is Yeah, like Shane has always been portrayed as the like shitty, snotty kid when he's a heel. Yeah. And Stephanie has always been the like powerful Vince, Vince too. Yeah, like, well, Stephanie also has as, never really me. been able to bounce back from being a babyface from 1998 because people are still like, no, you hurt McFoley's feelings. You are a bad lady. <laughs> like that's where it comes from for me. Is I'm like, no, I don't trust you. You fucked up McFoley bad. And it's also the she's integral in them switching Vince to becoming a face for the first time since his obviously his turn on Austin like yes the first time being against the Ministry of Darkness so basically what happens is Undertaker starts the Ministry of Darkness he says that the higher power has commanded him to uh, marry Stephanie McMahon in a black mass and have her join with the evil so they start trying to attack and kidnap Stephanie McMahon um, he burns a teddy bear at one point, which uh, Vince is like, that's Stephanie's. It really fucks Vince up a lot. Because um, you gar- I guarantee that he was like living the gimmick and kept like making The Undertaker hold a knife to Stephanie's throat while Vince just stared at them. Like, <laughs> I don't like this, but I'll be able to sell it on Sunday Night Heat. Erase the weakness, Vincent. Erase the weakness. She dies, she dies. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, Stephanie's dead. Shane, you're a girl and a boy now. When I choose... Linda, you're my son now. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Um, so this cause... So kayfabe, this, I thought this was cool. Vince steps up to Curity and uh, from feuding with Stone Cold Steve Austin to guarding Stephanie. Like, I thought this was really cool where it was like, The Undertaker's gone fucking nuts. He's super... Super big threat before this, obviously, but now that he's gone fucking nuts, like, there's nothing that can stop him if he shows up. Yeah, this was the best use of The Undertaker ever, because it's also like, you don't really know if they're like, do we believe that he's actually a dead guy, or is he just a fucking nutty idiot? And it's just the it's the best they've ever used him, because it's like, yeah, what do they believe? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, it's great. Um, then they have kind of the cronies of the uh, ministry, like, uh, Shamrock beats uh, Stephanie's location, out of Christian, 
at this point, actually, sorry, we got to back up because one of the one <laughs> one of the uh, the way he kidnaps her is he uh, she gets into a limo and then Undertaker turns around and goes, "Hi, Stephanie," Where and then laughs you, and drives away. <laughs> this is when wrestling goes full. Like, I would love to see Jim Cornette talk about this. I would love to see wrestling nerds talk about this back then on their internet radio. Well, programs. this is the thing about this is the thing about Jim Cornette is Jim Cornette was there. Yeah. Um. No, he may have been transitioned down to uh, to uh, OVW at this point, but he was very much part of the company at this point. Very much. Well, I remember him being like, uh, "This is one of the parts where he's upset because he talks about how." Um, he's like 270 pounds of just stress eating because he's like, why are you going to fucking, why are you going to kidnap Stephanie McMahon? Why can't you just have the Midnight Express come out? 19 rating. Here's what they do. They fucking beat Triple H. I mean, I would really enjoy if they, he, the Midnight Express was pitched to join, um, the fucking, um, the Ministry, the of, ministry Darkness? of Darkness. Bob Eaton's Ministry of Darkness. Oh, my God. I believe that, that Satan is a, ooh, baby, I don't know, uh. crying. <laughs> I pissed, I pissed because I'm nervous, Jim. Just fucking get out there and tell him fucking that you're, I love Satan or whatever. Big Van Vader is on Satan or however this works. I don't fucking need a script. Fuck you. I am Jimmy, Jimmy. Dennis Condry's here, Jimmy, Jimmy. Um, Bobby? Bobby, you fucking kidding? That's not fucking Dennis Condry. That's just a fucking pile of fucking dirty rags that smell like pee, all right? You fucking idiot. <laughs> so, uh, the corporation, this is, I think this is the best way they ever, because Vince Russo was obsessed with the Shades of Grey thing. This is the best way they ever did that, where it's like Vince McMahon is the A number one villain, but then you introduce another villain that makes him the be the second it's kind of like your first and second villain are feuding vince is still a piece of shit but you can relate to him because obviously his daughter is in peril this is obviously a silver bullet they had never used with actually using vince mcmahon's real kid in this angle they can never do this again because they immediately like as soon as stephanie and triple h's kid becomes 14 they're gonna beat roman reigns at wrestlemania like that shit's gonna happen <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah. Oh, yeah but that's the thing yeah, yeah. the next time they use someone's kid in an angle the first time is the first time is great and then there's diminishing returns with every single time you do it so like the way they introduce Shane and stephanie you're you're completely correct in saying it's amazing but it's just like the way people grow to fucking hate them is because they keep putting them on TV. And Stephanie is amazing now, but for the lo- it's so weird that for the longest time she was just dog shit on television. And she only got good now that she's progressed up the corporate ladder and doesn't want to do TV anymore. It's insane. Like, she just got really, really good at it in the last, like, five years. And now they're just fucking like, nope, she... I've never liked her on TV after the Ministry of Darkness thing, and I don't think I... Like, I've just found her irritating, uninteresting, unmotivated, a bad actor. I just don't... I just don't like her. I mean, as of 10 years ago, you're absolutely correct. I think of as of now. As of right fucking now, Dylan. As of now. 
Take that, you and, fuck. And she's one of the only ones allowed to ad lib. But we'll get we'll get to all that uh, in due time. This is still sweet, sweet Stephanie, where her only thing is to be uh, is to basically just be like, "Daddy, I'm scared," and it all works out. So, on the twenty sixth. Uh, the infamous scene where the ministry ties Stephanie to Undertaker's symbol and performed the unholy, unholy wedding. This is my favorite. This is the best thing of, of all. The, also, by the way, um, if anyone thinks that we're going to be able to do Stephanie McMahon in five parts, already we've spent half an hour and we are literally into three weeks into her career. This will be another fucking six-parter if I've ever fucking seen one. <laughs> we're spending at least two weeks on the HLA situation. One one whole episode is just us doing impressions of what we think her pussy sounds like when it's being eaten out. I'm very yeah, sorry. I'm very it, sorry, everyone. Yeah, no, that's it. That's <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go full stern. <laughs> yeah, full stern. Yeah, I'm Howard and he's Robin. Dylan's gonna. I'm Robin, Artie, and what is it? What are the other characters' names? Fred. Like stink shit. The fu- <laughs> Baba Booey. Stink shit. The Jew. <laughs> Baba Booey. Are you looking for Baba Booey? Uh, here's our characters: uh, ugly fucking Polak and uh, stink shit Jew loser. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, Artie Lang. <laughs> The idea that a character would be named Jew Loser is the most radio from the late 90s thing in the entire world. Welcome to Stick Fuck. My name is fucking Cum. And please welcome my co-host, <laughs> Jew Loser. My name is my name is Cum, and this is Jew Loser. You're into the cunt hour. Yeah. Ow, ow. We're only playing Zep. Yeah, welcome. We're only playing the first part of Lip Biscuits My Way. Coming up in 10 minutes, it's going to be Rate Her Tits. And then, <laughs> the half hour mark, instead of weather, we're just going to call the weather girl a bitch. <laughs> so, we should uh, we should stop now because we're going to go into the higher power. Okay, we're, okay when we come back from the break, a couple of things I just want to make sure that we're going to be clear. We're going to go through... The great hypocrisy that it is that Kurt Angle walked away from ECW and then the, uh, then they did this, uh, the Undertaker symbol marriage thing. Then we'll talk about the higher power. And then by that point, I think we'll be done an hour and we're going to have to do nine parts on Stephanie McMahon. It'll be great. All right. Does Stephanie McMahon go to TNA? Could just, just imagine how fucking crazy. If, imagine if even Shane or Stephanie in the, like when Shane left the WWE, he went to TNA with Vince Russo. Like, <laughs> even one episode of that, it would, bro, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to, we got a guy, you're going to have sex with the Voodoo Kin Mafia, and we're going to say it's, you're getting, <laughs> you're getting back into that, bro. That's what we're doing here, bro. We are making movies, bro. Like, you're fucking dad, bro, but I'm Christian, so I don't fuck no more. But, bro, are you wearing two types of wool? Okay, bro. <laughs> All right, we're going to come back after the break right now. Bye-bye. Bye, Nick. Oh, hi, everyone. I think you're all wondering, does Dylan use condoms? No, and that's why you need to do- donate to Patreon because he has a lot of children his wife doesn't know about. I am the king. I coined the phrase risky cream pie, <laughs> and you need to give to Patreon to help my maybe there's a baby fund. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review. If you don't want to do that, 
uh, you're a fucking loser. But if you're still a fucking loser and you're okay with that, rate us on iTunes. It does help with the algorithms for old fucking uh, Steve Slobs' goddamn Apple things. So rate us on iTunes, rate us on SoundCloud, rate us in real life, 1 to 10. Here's a hint, we're both 10s. Oh, what a great show you're listening to. Halfway done. Time for some fun. I, I hate this. Uh, hey, everybody, come and see my Edinburgh show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival every day at 9.30 at the Monkey Barrel 2. Please buy tickets uh, ahead of time. Tickets are surprisingly moving, which is not something I'm used to in my career. And then stick around at 11 o'clock. I'm watching wrestling and doing comedy and commentary with Cole Cabana at 11 o'clock, also at the Monkey Barrel 2. And Dylan Gott will be appearing on one of the shows August. What day, Dylan? August 6th, 11 p.m. Come to the show. Jack off in the back. Don't listen. Close your eyes. Jack Close off. your eyes, and at the, we'll, know the, we'll all know the show is over when we're covered in the viscous fluid of wrestling fans. Oh, it's more clear than it is uh, white. They must love pro wrestling. Not in your hand. Wait till the end. Colt Cabana, say, I want to buy one of your t-shirts. Then present them with your cum. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, when we say present, we mean I want you to blow it in his face. Blow a load in his fucking face. Thank you for listening. Now back to what whatever we're talking about. So... Eventually, it's revealed Undertaker keeps talking about the higher power. I remember I was just listening to Smart Mark Radio at this time, and they were talking about how great the higher power was, uh, how what an amazingly set up angle this was because he's been carrying out the urn for so long. And uh, they talk about, oh my God, this is set up so well. They could be anybody, they could bring back Jake the Snake Roberts. They could. It could be Ted DiBiase. It could be literally anybody. They could. They could just pick someone from Undertaker's past, and boom, you have them back on TV. This is going to be amazing. And then it turns out it is Vince McMahon. Well, it was supposed to be okay. Bruce Pritchard claims it was supposed to be Christopher Daniels, which I've never understood and don't believe. Um, yeah, I don't believe that either. I think that's just something they have fun just telling people so they talk about it. Yeah, they were like, oh, it's supposed to be the fallen angel Christopher Daniels. No, it wasn't. You're right. Okay, bye. Um, what I think it was, it was supposed to be Ric Flair, but they could, because Ric Flair was in contract fucking hell with WCW, but they were he was locked up. He was not allowed to be talking to the WWF, and he definitely was. So I think to this day, they were like, do not mention that it was supposed to be Ric Flair coming in uh as the higher power uh because we'll we could still retroactively get sued for that and we know rick's finances we don't want to have to pay for another lawsuit sidebar rick flair is the only man that openly will tell you how much money he's borrowed from various people i like literally was like like just listening to half of a podcast with him and in the middle of it he goes vince mcmahon great man he um he loaned me over uh eight hundred thousand dollars over the course of a year because i had some tax <laughs> problems and it's like what the fuck man yeah are you bragging about loans yeah are you bragging about how you you somehow spate, spent three quarters of a million dollars you didn't have because that's the opposite of a brag <laughs> so so he's revealed to be the higher power i don't know who they who it was set up like jake the snake comes out it's like what are you gonna do he's still a crackhead Obviously, you're not going to do that. Ted DiBiase is with uh, the WCW at this time. That's why the only um, person it could have been is Ric Flair. Like, it was clearly never supposed to be Vince McMahon. It being Vince McMahon worked 
well, but it it had if it was Ric Flair that would have been fucking huge, because it's this guy has status over everyone in the uh, in the WWF. He was he left the company as the Undertaker was coming in, so you could kind of be like, see, like the Undertaker was his proxy while he went to the WCW. Um, he could cut a fucking crazy pro- like imagine him revealing himself underneath that robe. So it's I I don't know. I think that the jet flying, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, goth. No, because he's not a goth. He's literally just saying, "I did all of this to fuck with you, Vince. You kicked me out of this company, and you chose younger people over me. Well, they've all fucking left, and I'm still in power. Like that would have been fucking amazing. Is you like you literally do all that sort of stuff in that great way, Vince, or that Rick can do, especially in that time because." Late era WCW, this was the best time of Ric Flair promos. This is the Ric Flair promo on Eric Bischoff, which is so fucking good. Oh, elbow drop nothing, Ric Flair. That's when this guy's born. Oh, I love it so much. Yeah. Fire me. I'm already fired. You are a no good son of a bitch. It's a weird fit just because of the who his character is. Yeah, but again, who else Who else could have been the higher power? They've been very clear that saying it was not originally Vince McMahon, and it's very clear that it wasn't supposed to be Vince McMahon. This is important for the Vince character, though, because this is him going full nuts. Like, before, even with the start of the Austin Angle, like, the start of the Austin Angle, honestly, when I was watching it, I was, like, kind of on Vince's side, because I'm like, why the fuck is this guy being such a dick to the announcer? And then now it morphs into Stone Cold as a double stamp erase at babyface and Vince McMahon is a fucking psychopath who will like sacrifice his own daughter just to fuck with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like he's lost his fucking mind. This is where, this is the end point of the Vince McMahon character and then they just kept going farther with it. Yeah, again, I see your point. It's also one of those things where it's like, I just don't, at a certain point I'm like, I don't care, like... It's getting to the point where I don't care about um, Vince McMahon not liking Steve Austin, and this is the beginning of it. This is the last time I really enjoy them beating the fuck out of each other is this summer, and this summer is also supposed to culminate in Vince McMahon going away forever because he loses a Loser Leaves Town match, or The Undertaker does. Anyway, continue with your story, Uh, Dylan, you fucking shallow load fuck. So Stephanie's asked on a date by Test on the June 7th Raw in the ring and accepts. They start a relationship, Stephanie and Test do, and this starts with a feud with Shane and Test. Uh, Shane with the Mean Street Posse. I'm sure we'll do a Shane McMahon episode, but good lord did I love the Mean Street Posse. Oh, just absolutely. Getting thrown into the fucking front row for a guy. Like, it was the only reason they could beat up anybody. They all sucked, but cumulatively, there was just four of them. And then that means they would win nothing sometimes. Nothing says attitude or more like, do we get a bunch of indie wrestlers to pretend to be Shane's friend from high school? No. We get his actual friends. Oh, my God, yeah. And they all looked like strip club bouncers. Oh, yeah, they did. Which was the best part. They all look like, yeah, different types of guys that you'd find working just at a strip club. Just pieces of fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, Pete Gas and also Joey Abs were just phenomenal. It's just like, yeah, it's like those guys, I wonder, what the fuck do they do? I think Pete Gas and Rodney were his real friends and Joey Abs was an indie worker. Yes, Joey Abs was the third one, yes. Because they needed someone to actually do bumps in a match. Yeah, Rodney, yeah, Pete Gas, yeah, Joey Abs was the one that was added later and it was like, she, he fucked Stephanie and now you can't test. <laughs> <laughs> 
which is another, by the way, fucking staple of the Attitude Era, which is like, I fucked that girl before. You can't fuck her anymore. What? She's a whore. Oh, you're a whore. Yeah, you're buddy. a horse, 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 horse. When wrestling was good, man, that's when it was good. <laughs> Anyone who remembers this and is like and watches rewatches it, like, man, wrestling was really good back then. Is a monster. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Pretty much the best wrestling has ever been done, and because it was like sexist, but not so crazily overtly sexist, was the late '80s, early '90s, and uh, then uh, and then it was like ten years later, and they were like, let's push that sexism over the edge, and then uh, that's how this hit. Anyway, um, Stephanie and Test went on team to, uh, went on to team together in a match of September twentieth, nineteen ninety nine Raw. The couple defeated Jeff Jarrett and Deborah. Test is getting a big fucking push here. Also, optics-wise, uh, Stephanie and Test, I'm saying, I'm looking at it now, going like, T- Stephanie looked like a normal, pretty person. Like, looked just like a normal person. And Test is so clearly like, either this guy's in porn or a pro wrestler and there's no in-between. Just like a 9 foot, 700 pounds of straight steroids cokehead. Who's just out here to fucking fuck. Long dick, no balls. Oh, yeah. Well, it's very much a... Um, he is very much a late 90s. He's like, I go to the gym, but I also do fucking coke, baby. Like, he is... Yeah. He is a dirty late 90s surfer dude, and he's here to fuck no domes. I remember them... The first part of his character was like, uh, I uh, he was a boy, a bodyguard for Motley Crue, and I was like, oh boy, that's I guess that's bad. Like I guess that makes him tough. Also, didn't Vince Russo have some weird claim that he was like, oh, he's the test. That's why he, that's why he's called test. Like it's some fucking bullshit Vince Russo thing. Like you got to get past him. That's your test. And it's like, what? No, shut up. Test is a just a abysmal name for a professional wrestler as well yeah it, although i don't know i really didn't enjoy his um uh the brief time that his brother came into the federation what was that quiz <laughs> that's the cleanest joke you'll be here on here yeah that's the cleanest joke i think that's ever been uttered on this fucking program i'm deleting it yeah get it out of there make sure to uh to <laughs> get it make sure to edit out. edit in the period comment you made in the first half of this episode that if you didn't delete you need to because we'll be going to jail yeah well i'll i'll just put that in over and over again <laughs> yeah so october 2nd at rebellion british bulldog accidentally hit stephanie in the head with a trash can i should say this apologies um August 23rd, 1999, Raw, Tess proposed to Stephanie, and she said yes. Mean Street Posse come in. Shane comes in, says you can't marry him. Mankind makes the save. This whole angle is super over, like with them going super fucking just straight up soap opera. Oh, my God. The lover-lever match they have at SummerSlam is considered the best match uh, of that fucking SummerSlam. And it was. It was so fucking emotional. It was fucking crazy. The crowd loves this shit. Like... We talk about in our Billy Gunn saga how... Because it's also the first time they've ever seen it. Like, this is the thing is we're still seeing this same angle played out and it's 20 years later. And when it was happening 20 years ago, it was fucking cool. Yeah, because we'd never seen this shit before. Yeah. And we talk about in the Billy Gunn saga, but 1999 is very different from the year 2000 because they don't have the straight up workers yet. So, like, weirdly... In like almost like an ECW move, they relied way more on storylines and ideas to get through versus now where 
they seemingly don't have any storylines or ideas. It's just all these guys are good indie workers. Just put them in the ring for nine hours and everyone's like, this. Uh, every match looks the same because you don't even let the indie workers do the different styles that they've learned over their X amount of years working around the world. You just want them to do the same fucking match over and over again and everyone's bored as fuck. Yeah, it's fucking... It's also one of those things where... Uh, I prefer 99 to 2000 because because they get a bunch of workers and stuff like that, they also sort of s- will use those workers in the same way that you would use the Mean Street Posse, creating a situation where, you know, Eddie Guerrero's having sex with lots of people, but it, and it's just, it, it kind of ruins the really good workers and also do, they don't have their eye on the prize in terms of storyline, so it kind of derails everything, and they've kind of never really been able to walk it back. It's interesting. Yeah. So... Bulldog accidentally hits Stephanie in the head with a trash can, and this leads to her having post-concussion syndrome. I mean, it's so crazy that they were they used to be like, oh, he has a concussion now because he's a fucking loser. Losers get concussions. Well, that just means amnesia. She has amnesia. I know, Dylan, you absolute cunt. She ends up having amnesia the night of her wedding. Tess asks for a match with Triple H, during which the referee wears a Vince McMahon mask because he is likely Vince McMahon, who at the time uh, has a temporary order of protection against him uh, in relation to DX due to various acts of violence, uh, including driving his cars into one of theirs because they love Triple H, and Triple H gets to be the jerk to Vince McMahon now. Oh, you you know how that guy with a bald head who'd been buried for years is fucking had it, and you're fucking... You're taking his title shot away from him, and fuck it. I'm going to beat the shit out of everybody, because I can. I don't fucking care who's in my way. I'm going to beat the shit out of him. He's replaced by a guy who has really long hair. <laughs> um, yeah, and he's and no one likes him. This is also, by the way, some of the worst punches ever thrown in the history of punches are thrown by Triple oh, yeah. H attacking Vince McMahon in this, and it's so fucking annoying. Like, he's... Literally, you can see him hitting his own hand, going, I hate it so much. (laughs) So, this is the beginning of Stephanie McMahon's character right now. Uh, We'll talk about this, and then we'll do best and worst in the episode. As we all know, Triple H interrupts the ceremony. He played a video on the Titantron showing himself marrying a drug Stephanie McMahon at a drive-thru chapel in Las Vegas. Good. All right. So, this is... This is the beginning also, of the end of the attitude. can you just drug a woman and marry her? Is that... No. <laughs> is that what you're planning in October? Nice. I'm planning on drugging myself, bruh. Yeah. Um, no, what it is, is this. This is the beginning of the end of the attitude. This is literally where they go. This is one... They, they stretch the reality of the whole thing. Everyone in this moment, this is the staple WWE move for every fucking storyline they do which is we know how as soon as you watch that video you're like well i know how this ends stephanie's with that guy and it's all like as soon as you're watching you're like there's no way she's not with him uh and then they just delay it for a few months and oh surprise kill surprise she's fucking with him and that's exactly what they fucking do um triple h comes out says things like um I want you to know how many times we consummated the marriage. Essentially, he's saying things like, you know that unconscious woman? I still fucked her. And I married her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I not hard. I don't respect rules. It's so fucked. It's pretty much like uh, DX means another thing uh, 
and that is uh, put them to sleep, uh, and then you fuck them. Uh, it's very literal. I'm sorry. I got uh, two words for you. Uh, no consent. That's the new DX slogan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Vince gets angry, and... This is Bruce Pritchard on the segment. It was all Vince and Triple H. It was their doing. In fact, all of the footage was shot by Triple H and them. The stuff at the wedding chapel was shot by Triple H, and that was something he and Vince had to come up with. Now, it's it's got to be said this. You kind of... This is going to sound fucked up. You kind of have to have a Vince McMahon that can wrestle, and Triple H clearly was that because he is a big-bodied boy. He's a hot boy, and... He can work and he can talk a bit. So and he's not gonna turn himself face because he sucks. That's great. He's a perfect heel. Yeah. He's like the he's him in ninety nine two thousand was fucking fantastic because he was like that edge role where it's like no one's gonna fucking cheer for him. He's dumped all of he's dumped all of the DX stuff. He's full. He's halfway to being who he's always wanted to be, which is I love Motorhead and Conan the Barbarian guy. Yeah. And you have Austin and Rock, who are two super cool dudes. And you can tell optically, like, you can get behind Austin because people forget this, but it did start off as an underdog story. And you can get behind Rock just because he's so charismatic and cool. And then you have your third dude, which is Triple H, where there's no real reason to like him. And there never has been, by the way. I've never gotten it's like and Triple H got this big pop when he came back from injury. Why? Triple H to me has always come across he's like, I'm the nerd that works out and now I'm gonna get revenge on the cool kids at high school. Like that's what he basically is. He's like, I wear he's my mom and my dad with were muscles. older, so I had to wear slacks until my teens and now I wasn't allowed to read comic <laughs> books. But now I have enough money to buy all the comic books I want. You can't tell me what comic books to read, Mom. Mom, you can tell me. Mummy, mummy. But this is a very, 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 very important in the history of the World Wrestling Entertainment's time because this is when Triple H essentially, like, I don't know, a historical. You could you could think of a political thing for sure about it if I was smarter and knew more about history. But this is him starting to solidify his pro his power because he a produces that segment directly with Vince as as Pritchard says. And, it's just oh, him this and Vince. is very funny. And B uh, uh, sets the groundwork for fucking Vince's daughter. Yes, very good point, Dylan. This is this legitimately is and starts to marry into the family, and he's Vince's avatar on TV. I mean, only Vince McMahon would create be like, you're me. Let's have you fight me. It's me versus me. <laughs> but that's what that's Vince no, that's wanted. That's exactly what like he would want. Ultra. Because you're, it's been two years now of your... Who are their top heels against Austin beforehand? Like, remember the point where it was like, hey, you got to hate dude love now. And everyone's like, I don't fucking hate dude love. No, his main heels against Austin were Pat Patterson, Gerald Briscoe, um... And then what side is the Undertaker on? And then it was just fucking Vince. Like it was just sort of basically Vince, this guy, this guy, this guy. The the most one was The Rock. The Rock was the biggest one where it was like The Rock versus Austin. That was the best example of 
but once again, The Rock is too fucking charismatic, so he has to become a babyface. And before that, the show is kind of like, but the show is kind of like Stone Cold Steve Austin easily beats up these weird men. Even when they got Big Show in, they fucking like immediately Austin beats them up. Now you're kind of dealing with something Vince wants, which is a homegrown talent who who actually poses a threat to Stone Cold Steve Austin. And they'll let pose a threat to Stone Cold on TV. You make a great point. And I and everyone who's listened to the show knows how little I want to praise Dylan for his abilities. But that's a great point. And it's very interesting because Stephanie is positioned in this weird way of she is the whole reason for this feud. And they very quickly just have her side with Triple H. And it essentially just informs the next 20 years of WWE programming. Like this... Two, these, yes, these this two is exa- this is, is li- very formative. Like th- these two months are literally the reason why we have the fucking authority. Like it's they they have not stopped telling this story over and over again for twenty years, and they need to stop it because I'm really bored. Everyone is very bored, uh, but they just keep on doing the same thing. They've kind of laid off it for a bit, but the thing is, they don't have a B plan, so they're just going to keep going back to this. And this is also very. This is very important because this is Stephanie as a she goes from a like kind of like a background character to becoming like to becoming the face of the company for a couple years because they're just like, okay, you're gonna you have to be out front because we have two brands now and we want a McMahon and another brand because we don't know how things work. No, you're jumping ahead. You're jumping way a fucking head. There is a bunch of stuff that happens between um the brand split and uh and that and this baby no i know i understand but this is like this is very because this is not she's a background character and now she's commanding top segments oh like that's what i'm saying oh is that they they basically put her with if it's an acting terms they put her okay we want this person to be the lead we're base she's basically an understudy and studying with the lead at the same time because Triple H is seasoned, he's been in the main event before, he can fucking carry a segment, and Stephanie's right there just kind of learning how to be on camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, clearly yeah, yeah, being yeah, groomed. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. To be Vince, plus they're going to later add shoulders and a, and you know what I mean, shoulders and a fun hat or whatever. John, what's your favorite thing about Stephen McMahon during this era? Um, I'd like her fucking reactions when she's being chased by The Undertaker. It's the best acting she does of her entire career. She is great at just being straight up, I'm fucking terrified of The Undertaker, blah, blah, blah. Like, she's so fucking good. It's funny because this, she starts out so well on TV, and you can just see that they always went back to this whenever people would hate her, um, whenever people would hate her, because they would just go, oh, well, no, if you get her in a bunch in front of a bunch of casual fans, she'll light it up. It's just the internet dorks that don't like it. And, but that's not true. And they've also, this is another thing that I've been meaning to say on the podcast for a while, is the WWF needs to stop acting like the internet fans aren't a huge part of their audience because they are. And also understand how the internet works. The internet fans all have blogs and are journalists and are slow, and not slowly, are now influencing your looksy fans because they're Googling your product. And instead of getting a bunch of articles about Roman Reigns, they're getting 10 articles about why the elite are the best and why Jim Cornette is a racist. They need to start addressing that or they're fucked. And that's one of the reasons why their product is down and also everyone hates Stephanie McMahon is because there's a lot of articles about how she's a dumb cuck bitch, 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 bitch. But I said it before and said it again. 
she was really enjoyable when she was being chased around by a demon. Ooh, baby. Well, that was when she was actually, what do you call that? You could actually feel through her. Does that make sense? What the fuck is that? I mean, that's the creepiest thing you've said this episode, and you've said some real fucking doozies this week. I've said some hot things, and I'll never stop saying hot things. I'll never stop saying hot things. My job is to say hot things. That's what I put on my resume. Did you say my daughter says hot things? You're, do you think Stephanie McMahon is your daughter? She's my daughter. Oh, okay. I, every day I leave a message on the WWE voicemail. I'm like, how come you haven't called me back, Stephanie? You're my daughter. And you're older than me. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, I went back in time and fucked your mom. Mm, I had you when I was negative nine. <laughs> So, John, what's the worst thing about Stephanie McMahon during this era? Um, everything that she did uh, in the McMahon Helmsley uh, relate. Oh, I know what it is. Uh, that uh, her father allowed her to be portrayed as someone who was drugged and then married a man. And then somehow she actually ended up marrying that man. I like the part where uh, her, her father was like, um, and uh, mention how you raped her a bunch. And Triple H was like, I mean, I don't know about that. And he goes... Describe how you raped her then. He's like, okay, I'll just mention it. Good. <laughs> Here's the thing that's crazy, and it's never really discussed, is we don't know when their relationship actually started. We just know they suddenly were in a relationship. He, according to the Howard Stern interview, as mentioned off the top, she says that it was like midway through this McMahon-Helmsley thing. It's just so fucking weird. It just fucking skews me out. Like, it's just like... Oh, you're pretending to be kidnapped by this man, but you're also in love with him too. Like it's just like ugh. This is like a this is a fucking classic late nineties storyline. Oh, I'm aware of what it is, Dylan. There's so many late nineties movies that were just like, Yeah, I mean, I didn't really like him, but then he trapped me in a room and now we're married. Like there's so many or like or the amount of late 90s movies that have basically the storyline where it's like, oh, I don't think she likes me. It's like, well, take her out, pretend you're friends, get her drunk and fuck her. Yeah. And you're like, all right. And then that works and then the happily ever after. The thing is, is, the thing with girls is they don't know their emotions until you fucking tell them what they are. Yeah. You have to teach them what they like with your peony. Yeah. Get out Mr. Decider and make sure it's full of decision juice, which is blood. And then... <laughs> Decision juice. Yeah. Ew. Deci- Ew. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Ew. 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 How much money do I have to give you for the next month every time you're about to have sex with your wife? You just walk into the bedroom and go, uh-oh, my gavel's filled with decision juice. Time to be judged. <laughs> Time for you have to. <laughs> oh, no. Is that what you call sex? You have to? <laughs> yeah, it says I've, I want to. You have to now. Dylan, what's the worst thing you've ever said to your wife during Dirty Talk? Probably I love you. That shit's fucking <laughs> stupid. That shit's fucking made up, bro. You can see my my other podcast, Love is a Lie. It's just about how to cuck women. Yeah. Yeah, Dylan, by the way, Dylan is the new Gavin McInnes. Now that Gavin McInnes and Milo yeah. have been eradicated from the internet, it's weird because Dylan is socially very liberal, but emotionally very conservative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm an emotional conservative, which is a new thing you can find on my other podcast called Stupid Fucking Loser Jew and the Comer. Yeah, no, don't fucking don't don't go after the cunt. The cunt hour is all comedy. It is not a political program. Oh, okay, sorry, the cunt hour. Yeah. Sorry, the cunt hour will be released every 20 minutes <laughs> and it's a 6-hour long show. So how does that work? 
we invented five hours and 40 minutes of time. The cunt hour is above time, ladies and gentlemen. When you're dealing with... <laughs> I don't actually... Know, I just remember that one of them is called Jew Loser. Oh, no, the other one's name is just Cum. <laughs> yeah, the other guy's name is Cum. We really peaked. Once again, another person started listening to this show, and God bless you, and he says, oh, it's hard to listen at work. Headphones. Yeah. We should call this show Headphones. <laughs> Wear fucking headphones. Like, <laughs> this is not a show to be listened to in public. Like, first of all, I don't understand why anyone would listen to wrestling without headphones. <laughs> it sounds insane. It sounds like, I just don't think, I don't like the choices they're making with Seth Rollins. It's like, what the fuck? Are you talking about the business of porno? <laughs> Who is Seth Rollins? I feel weird about doing this podcast with my girlfriend in the same city, let alone the same room. This is just, we should all hide from this. This is something that should be guarded with, like, it'd be like if you just had a bunch of, like, if you had, like, a gun that was unregistered. That's how you should treat your wrestling fandom. That's how I treat it. That's how I'll always treat it. If anyone finds out, you've lost. <laughs> like, it's not that I'm ashamed, but I'm not proud. Exactly. And you shouldn't be. That's how we're going to end, guys. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back with Stephanie McMahon Part 2. Please subscribe to us on uh, on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher 2 or whatever. And uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at WrestlerReview. That's at WrestlerReview. You can donate, patreon.com backslash WrestlerReview. Thanks very much for listening, guys. John, your Edinburgh show. What time, you fuck? 9 o'clock at the Monkey Barrel 2. 11 o'clock with Cole Cabana at the Monkey Barrel 2. Fucking be there or be square. Dylan Gott is on August 5th or 6th on the Cole Cabana show with me. So if you are a wrestling review fan and you want to see us together bully a wrestler, that's the one. I have a feeling that the Cunt Hour is going to have a live episode in the middle of that show. <laughs> He's going to be upset. Yeah, I don't think he's really going to get the humor of having a character named Jew Loser. <laughs> he will. We'll have to teach him to. Either get it or you don't, <laughs> bitch. All right, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.